Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Pulse, a collaborative news highlight series covering the latest stories in the financial advisor industry, brought to you by Chalice Financial Network and SuccessionLink. Before we start, let's pose a question in this season of solemn resolution for the new year. What's the secret to happiness? We'll get to that one famous person's take on that shortly. But first in the news. Former chairman tries to overturn Leidenberg merger. Philip Frost, a biotech billionaire and ex-chairman of Leidenberg Bauman Financial Services, wants that company's merger with advisor group halted, wealthmanagement.com reports. Frost, who chaired Leidenberger's board of directors from mid-2006 through late 2018, is suing to stop the firm from merging with Advisor Group, a deal that is scheduled to close at the end of this month. Frost left Leidenberger under a cloud. In September 2018, the SEC charged him with bilking investors out of $27 million in a couple of pump-and-dump schemes. He paid $5.5 million to settle that case without admitting or denying the allegations, writes WealthManagement.com. Frost filed suit to stop the merger on December 10th, contending the agreement between Ladenberg and Advisor Group disregards obligations owed him and the trust in question as holders of certain notes issued by the company, according to an SEC filing. Frost and his trust sold most of their Ladenberg holding for $13 million when he left the firm about a year ago. More than half of his payment is in notes issued to Frost and the trust, paying 7.25% annual interest and due in 2028 according to wealthmanagement.com. It's unclear to published sources how the proposed deal between Ladenburg, Thalman, and Advisor Group impacts the earlier sale agreement between Frost and Ladenburg. Meanwhile, Ladenburg has declared Frost's suit without merit and vows to fight it. The deal between Ladenburg and Advisor Group is facing a half dozen other lawsuits filed by Ladenburg shareholders. State regulators set to impose new annuities rule. The world of insurance regulation is taking an interesting turn with state commissioners expected to okay a new rule to bolster consumer protections around annuity sales, Investment News reports. Late in December, the National Association of Insurance Commissioners greenlighted a new suitability standard requiring annuity sellers to put the interests of consumers ahead of those of the firm or agent doing the selling. If the rule takes hold, as thought likely, insurance sellers will be barred from placing the producer's or the insurer's financial interest ahead of the consumer's interest, according to Investment News. The proposed rule further outlines standards of care, disclosure, conflicts of interest, and documentation. Under the new rule, it would be up to sellers to flag, avoid, or reasonably manage conflicts of interest and keep written records of the rationale behind annuity recommendations. The proposed rule lets annuity-selling stockbrokers defer to the SEC's best interests as its standards for conflicts and disclosures. Doug Ullman, Iowa's insurance commissioner, tells Investment News the proposed annuity rule is in harmony with the SEC's best interest guidelines, but goes a little further in providing clarity as to what the conduct standard actually is. The proposal also seems to have the insurance industry's backing, which claims it already upholds customers' best interests. Quote, the regulators are going to have more of an objective checklist to make sure the producers are doing the right thing for their customers, Pat Reeder of the American Council of Life Insurers tells Investment News. But consumer groups aren't thrilled with the state regulators' move. Given how intent the industry is on maintaining their abusive sales practices, 
and how willing state insurance regulators are to protect them in that, the only answer for consumers is to stay away from these products entirely, says Barbara Roper, Director of Investor Protection for the Consumer Federation of America. And David Lau, CEO and DPL Financial Partner, a commission-free insurance platform, thinks the proposed regulation has an inherent flaw. Quote, it still relies on disclosure, Lau tells Investment News. Everyone knows consumers don't read disclosures. And now for the Succession Link M&A Weekly Update. The practice listing of the week comes from Gainesville, Florida. This practice has $16 million in assets under management with a gross revenue of $222,000. The overall business mix is 100% commission-based, and the number of accounts that make up this practice is 60, with an average client age of 64. This practice is 100% online, complete with a very young average client age, clean investments, and a custom-built software which includes CRM, client follow-up, marketing, and a full advisor dashboard. This 24-year-old book of business is spread out over the holdings of real estate investment trusts, annuities, exchange trade funds, stocks and bonds in that order. The practice has 40 households, zero advisory, and is 20% liquidable. The advisor is looking to sell immediately and is looking for someone to care for their clients while remaining on board to service them during the takeover. This book's clients are very educated and looking for a like-minded individual. This advisor is open to offers from an ideal candidate who is extremely client-centered and compassionate. This ideal candidate should have a Series 7, 65, or 66, and health, life, and variable insurance licenses for Texas, Georgia, and Florida. Further information regarding the business breakdown, this practice is 5% mutual funds, 25% annuities, 5% insurance, 25% alternative investments, and 35% financial planning, and 5% in others. Clearing firm use is Pershing, and variable annuities are through AXA Equitable, Forethought Life, MetLife, Prudential, Transamerica, and Voya, and technology solutions used is Albridge. Again, this practice has $16 million in assets under management, with a gross revenue of $222,000, located in Gainesville, Florida. The top 10 ways a transaction can go wrong. Number one, valuation expectations. The number one reason deals fail to get off the ground is unrealistic valuation expectations. Sellers with above market value expectations narrow the pool of buyers significantly. Those few buyers may not be ready, willing, or able to transact. Number two, unclear story elements. Why is the owner selling? Getting the story straight on the why the owner is selling is a critical element to buyers. The speculation arises when the business is doing well, is poised to grow, but the owner is selling anyways. Number three, quality of earnings. Quality of earnings confirms financial accuracy and validated forecasted performance. Companies without audited financials or visibility to key drivers, sales pipelines, and backlogs often struggle to pass a quality of earnings audit. Number four, length of time. Time is the enemy of all deals. As the deal process drags on, both the buyer and the seller start to lose interest as financial and strategic situations are continually tested and examined. Number five, material changes. Adverse material changes can happen at any time, and while these changes may be completely out of the seller's control, these can often stop a deal from closing. Number six, customer vendor concentration. Customer vendor concentration is a key area of risk. While long term relationships are good, If the majority of revenues are from one customer and the seller loses some or all of its business with that customer, it could change the way the buyer sees the deal. Number seven, renegotiating terms. Trying to renegotiate a settled deal can cause a lack of trust. 
add time, and cause fatigue. Backtracking on a settled issue may serve to throw all of the other settled issues into question. Number eight, lack of internal controls. Effectiveness and efficiencies are questioned when there are no internal controls. When no one is measuring or monitoring organizational objectives and financial statements are not what they seem, deals can fall apart in due diligence. Number nine, reaching for the last dollar. Multi-million dollar deals have been lost over a few thousand dollars. Owners who have put everything into their business want to get everything they can out of the business. Number 10, inadequate advisors. A history of skills and experiences is critical to a successful deal. It's important to have a team that knows how to navigate these hurdles. Otherwise, the seller is left to feel its way through uncharted territory. Chalice sells and client unit to UK Rollup. In an agreement struck just before Christmas, Kingswood Holding Limited, a publicly traded international wealth management group headquartered in London, announced his plans to acquire an 85% majority stake in Chalice Wealth Advisors, a corporate RIA, and Chalice Capital Partners, a broker-dealer. The remaining 15% will stay with Chalice's senior management, according to the company. Kingswood cites CWA's robust growth since its foundation less than two years ago and its own desire to gain a toehold in U.S. West Coast wealth management. The deal, which is subject to regulatory approval in the U.S., would see Kingswood use Chalice, CWA, and CCP as a hub for future acquisitions and to help distribute Kingswood product offerings within the U.S. The merger, however, does not include San Diego-based Chalice Financial Network, which happens to be who you're listening to right now. It's reported that Kingswood will pay $4 million and an additional $1 million in the form of a promissory note at the conclusion of the acquisition. In a recent interview with The Pulse, Chalice CEO Keith Gregg stated, quote, Our intention and vision has always been to bring scale and support for the hundreds of thousands of independent financial advisors and RIAs who operate their own small to mid-sized business, and we have pursued partnerships with those who share the same passion. Today, we are proud to continue the course by assisting the dedicated affiliated professionals of CWA and CCP by providing a deeply resourced firm to help them grow their business in the Kingswood Group. So back to this week's question, what is the secret to happiness? For Helen Keller, an American author, educator, and humanitarian who overcame being born blind and deaf, happiness comes down to grit. Quote, your success and happiness lies in you. She writes, resolve to keep happy and your joy and you shall form an invincible host against difficulties. And that wraps up this episode of The Pulse brought to you by Chalice Financial Network and Succession Link. Until next time. 